0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live
3: right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions here on Grace FM. We're live on Grace FM uh, to up and down the front range here of Colorado and Wyoming. And sometimes it even gets out into Nebraska I think I had a brother in our church once say that he heard it in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. If that's the case and you're on online with us, great. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could be listening live online right now as well as uh, Grace FM is online or you are listening on the Hope FM radio network. And the Hope FM radio network airs uh, one week Delayed. It's one week delayed. But here's the deal. If you call during the show, then that delay, uh, is, even though you're hearing a different show on the air, uh, you'll be live with us in Colorado and then you'll be able to hear it the following week. Uh, and we would love to have you join us here on the program. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303 690 Three thousand, or you can text me, uh, you can text the show, and that number is 720-336-0897. It's always good from time to time to revisit the ground rules uh, for the show, and one of them is we will not argue, uh, we will not argue doctrine, uh, and so if that's the motive of your question, uh, please don't call. Because this is a show where we're ministering to so many uh, that are tuned in, and we want to talk about the things of the Lord together, but we aren't here to argue. Usually, uh, there is a question that seeks an answer, and then there's a question that seeks an argument. And, you know, we want to have those questions that are seeking answers. And it's okay if you don't agree with the answer or we don't agree with your viewpoint. That's that's going to happen, but we aren't going to argue. And you know, some might go, "Well, wait a minute, Ed. I I want to take to task what you said, or uh, I want to um, I want to prove my point to you, or whatever it might be." I'm just reminded of what Paul wrote to young Timothy in Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-three. It says, "Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife." And to young Titus, the pastor. He was told in Titus chapter 3, verse 9, but avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law because they're unprofitable and useless. So that's always an important one. Another ground rule is to remember that it is a family show, and so on some questions, uh, there may be facts about the question that are better left unsaid. Uh, just better left unsaid, because kiddos are listening, and, and we can probably get to the answer without being graphic uh, about the situation. Uh, and then thirdly, it's a pastoral show, so we can pray together, and we can answer Bible questions together, and we can talk about what you learned in your Bible study this last week. We can help you find a church in your community. Uh, we can keep you up to date of what's happening in this particular fellowship here at Calvary and Aurora, where Grace FM originates and Calvary Live originates. Uh, and so let's just come together in the things of the Lord and allow His Holy Spirit to minister to us uh, that we might grow in His grace and His knowledge. Uh, and the emphasis, of course, is a grace, because knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So anything we have to learn, we want to do so in grace and in love, because love edifies. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Derek from Denver, welcome to the program. Hi,
4: good good evening. How's good. everybody doing? <laughs> I
3: think we're doing all right.
4: My question tonight is I I hate to sound ignorant on the radio, but I'm just I'm confused. I don't there are things I don't know. And I'm not trying to be political or anything like that, but okay. with the new capital being Jerusalem in, instead of it being Israel, I'm wondering what all the hoopla is about. I don't understand any of it, and I don't understand why people are upset, or should I be upset? I don't know. Maybe you can clear things up for me.
3: Okay. Uh, a, a real simple answer to that is that uh, there is a majority of Arab uh, and Palestinian people that don't believe the nation of Israel should exist, and that on many occasions they have vowed to eliminate... Uh, Israel and to push them into the Mediterranean Sea and destroy the nation of Israel completely. So there is great animosity uh, against Israel. It's known as anti-Semitism. Have you heard that phrase before? No, sir. So the phrase anti-Semitism has been with us actually from the very beginning of time uh, where there is a concerted effort spiritually of the devil against the nation of Israel. Now, why would, why would there be so much animosity? For example, the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. Why would there be so much animosity against the nation of Israel in the Old Testament? What is it about Israel that is so important to human history?
4: That Israel is supposed to be the next, the next I want to say the same place Adam and Eve are from.
3: Okay, so, so the, the answer is that from Israel, Messiah would come. There you go. So to destroy Israel prior to the coming of Jesus Christ, there's this spiritual concerted effort to destroy the, the, the national bloodline uh, that would lead to Messiah, which was, an old, was, was a complete failure. So what happens when the devil is foiled uh, in his plans, or even a man like like Nazi Germany, what what happens when a person's foiled in their plot? They become all the more angry and all the more incensed. And so today there is a not only a national animosity toward Israel, but as you said, uh, even though you didn't want to become political, this is uh, this is very much a political issue. There's a political um, angst against Israel and. And so, with that the, as the backdrop, the capital of Israel has always been Jerusalem. So the statement of affirmation of that fact, the, our president didn't make the capital uh, Jerusalem. He was simply affirming what Israel has already declared from their formation in 1948. But actually, Jerusalem has been the capital of Israel um, going back as far as David uh, and King David in the in the New, in the Old Testament and mm-hmm. and so what, what we had was our president finally affirming that and saying that they were going he w- that the United States of America is going to move our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and this um in, this has enraged and already enraged people because part of the two state solution part of the attempt politically to divide Israel and to divide Jerusalem was to give East Jerusalem, the Palestinians desire East Jerusalem as their capital, and Israel declares Jerusalem in its entirety to be its capital. And so they're very, very upset because um, the only appeasement to the Palestinians and the Arabs is to continue to give them what they want with um, with no... uh, what's the word I want to use? There's no negotiations with them. You just give them what they want, or they'll make life hard for you, and and knife people and kill people, and, and in a way to demonstrate their anger that um, Israel has is simply had the United States declare to them what has always been true. Okay. That's like um that's like the mayor of um uh, that, that's like the governor of um of Colorado. What's our governor? Hickenlooper. That's like Hickenlooper getting on the news today saying, we just want you to know that we affirm that Denver is the capital of Colorado. And you're watching the news going, of course it's the capital. It's been the capital forever. And, 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 you know and then some people that said, no, we wanted Denver for ourselves and we actually wanted to take over Colorado. They get all mad and make life miserable for something that's already a factual reality.
4: Okay. Okay, thank you for clearing that up for me. Like I said, I don't really mean to sound ignorant. I just I didn't understand what everything was about, but now I have a better view of what's going on.
3: That's a great question, and it's okay that there's so many things that we are ignorant of that we don't know, and that's how we learn with good questions.
4: You know. Okay then. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you, God bless you.
3: Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. And let me just say this, um, because because we speak in the affirmative of Israel, uh, which we do, and because we obey Psalm 122 and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, because we do, and and because we affirm the truth that our Messiah is Jewish and has come through uh, the nation of Israel, because we do, does not mean that we agree with every political decision of the modern-day government, um, because we need to make that distinction um, that Men make mistakes, and when we say when, when, when we affirm that we are pro-Israel, that doesn't mean that we agree with every political decision uh, that a government makes. It takes us back to the root of the Word of God. And so for those to be anti-Israel, see, it's possible to be pro-Israel and disagree with the government. That's a possibility. And and, and God's heart is for, Israel, the fact that Israel, a people group, exists today um, since 1948 is not simply a Zionist attempt at occupying a a land. They're not occupiers. They're at home. That's like saying for you to go home and you're an occupier. You're a squatter. You're like, dude, this is my house. I can't be a squatter in my own house. I can't be an occupier in my own house. I own it. Pay a mortgage on it. I rent this space. It's mine. Uh, And so it's true with the nation of Israel. This land has been promised to them um, from the very beginning of God's relationship with man. Uh, And and so they're not occupiers. They're residents. And for for those of you that have been to Israel, you can see how there is a relatively peaceful coexistence between the Arab citizens of Israel, also the Arab immigrants of Israel, and the Jewish or Israeli citizens. Um, and there is a, a relative peaceful coexistence until, until governments use this to stir up people against each other and absolutely um, stir up the kind of strife that we're seeing today. 303 uh, 690 is the number, 303. Uh, six nine zero three thousand is the number uh, let's go on to our next call let me pull my call screen up and we're gonna move right on to Steven Steven from Denver Colorado welcome to the program hey thanks Pastor Ed
0: You're good, welcome. To, uh, good to talk to you um, Hey, so last um Wednesday, I was um at your service, and actually me and my wife came up afterwards um and we were talking to you a bit and we were talking to you a bit about a caller that had came on last Wednesday, too. Um, and so we talked, you and I talked a little bit about it and what I didn't really get down to because, um, just time constraint, and I know there was somebody else waiting to talk to you. Uh-huh. Um, it is just the struggles in, in my own heart. I know you and I were talking about the struggles of maybe in, in an unbeliever's heart and everything. Um, uh, but the struggles in my own heart, I, and I, and I, I guess what I, um, just if, if I could just ask for some prayer and maybe some godly advice, because I find struggles that I cannot kind of break free from, and yet I hate these sins so much. I just, I want to be so in love with God, and there's instances in life, in my past, when I'm, wow, that was a really good time of my life, when I just felt like nothing else mattered but God, and now there's so much stacked above Him, and you know why? It's frustrating. You know, I think of when Paul speaks of that too, and sometimes I'm like, "Is God? Is God really? I know He sees my struggles, but how does He view that if I'm falling in the same situation over and over and over again?" And I, you know, so.
3: Well, there's a few things to consider in a question like that. You know, the, the when I hear the word fall. Um, yeah, I'm always concerned about that because I don't know that you're falling into the same sin all the time, but you are choosing the same sin all the time. And it may be repetitive and habitual by now. You know, let's face it, all of us sin because it's pleasurable. You know, we all we all sin because we like it. It might be a temporary. It might be temporary, some kind of feeling of satisfaction or some kind of, you know, dopamine um uh, some, some kind of uh, you know, release of dopamine in our minds to make us feel good temporarily. But, but sin would, wouldn't be so popular if it wasn't so fun uh, and so satisfying, even just temporarily. Like the Bible says, sin is pleasurable for a season. Uh, it, it ends up ruining us uh, in the long run if we choose to live in sin. But you know, on the temporary episodic sins, uh, the, the habitual sins you know, are, is a habitual choosing. Uh, because, you know, we, we create bad habits in our continual choosing, and then so much of our life is already routine uh, and habitual, and that's not just in a bad way. I mean, that, those are good, they're good habits to have too, uh, and and we're, we are, uh, as a human, as humans, we're so habitual in what we do, we're so routine in what we do, if we develop bad habits and bad routines, then in weak moments, you know, th- things get even worse than, than we would expect, and and so let me, let, with that in mind, let me clarify something with you. Are you? Uh, would you categorize yourself as a perfectionist?
0: Uh, I I do beat myself up a lot. Like okay. yeah yeah, if I don't do things exactly the way I feel they need to be done, or live in my life the way, then then yeah, I'm, I'm I do beat myself up a lot out of that. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not to the extent, but yeah, I I guess I could agree with that. Yeah,
3: and so, because I hear, I I heard a little bit of that within the way you framed the question, and and just really, I'm not making, I'm I'm in no way approving or condoning sin, but I am in every way uh, approving and condoning what the Bible says, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. And that idea of condemning myself because I'm not measuring up, To my standards, you know, let alone the standard of perfection. I mean, Jesus put it. Jesus laid it out for the impossibility for us very clearly. Be you be holy as my Father is holy, as your Father is holy. Like you need to be perfect, like God is perfect. And and our answer to that is that's impossible. That's just not going to happen. And and with that conclusion, then it causes us to cry out uh, and surrender our lives to the one who can enable us to live a life that pleases God. Um, so let me, are, are you, Are you? were you just visiting last week or are you planning to come back to, to church here?
0: Um, we, we did come for the first, that was the first Wednesday evening service we went to and we were very, very blessed. Um, we just moved to, to the Colorado area not too long ago and yeah, we have okay. been praying and seeking a home church. Um, so that's kind of what we're kind of in prayer for right now. Is, okay, um, because...
3: Uh, if, if that's the case um, I, I have a book that I can put in your hands uh, that you know whether you come back to the church or not I'm just thinking of a way to deliver it uh, and and I think it'll add some some context to this life of grace and the sufficiency of Christ and the, the power that you have as a believer in Jesus Christ to live in a way that pleases God and, and to see you know we're never going to be sinless but our life is progressively going to uh, experience less sin uh, in many ways and victory over areas that even right now you think, man, I don't think I'll ever see victory in that. But in, in reality, the victory is already yours. And to put into you, to your hand the, the reality of grace and a moment-by-moment abiding relationship with Jesus Christ would be very helpful at this, at this stage of your life.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and we'll me and my wife will come tonight again. I'll have it. And we'll speak to you after the service for sure.
3: Okay, I'll have it under the pulpit. I'll take it out and I'll put it under the pulpit and uh, I'll make sure it gets into your hands and pray for you and encourage you. And, you know, you're at a critical time. You know, you got this new move to Colorado. You, You got these major changes in your life. The Holy Spirit's beginning to speak to you and encourage you. And now it's, it's going to, it's going to be capped off with you turning back toward the Lord and and learning some new skills. Uh, it'll be it'll be a glorious thing, man. It's a good thing.
0: Uh, wow, well, you 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 pretty much hit the uh, nail on the head right there. And um, yeah, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more personal tonight too. So hopefully, yeah, we'll get a little time to do that.
3: <clears throat> All right, we'll see you then, man.
0: All right, thank you so much, Pastor Ed. Okay,
3: Stephen, God bless you, bro. Bye bye. 303 is the number. Amber, Amber, welcome to the program. Hey, Amber, you're in Frederick. Are you with us still? All right, let's go right on to Glenn calling from Broomfield. Glenn, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks, Pastor. You're welcome. Great job. You're doing a great job. Great Not thank easy you. to just field a bunch of questions like that, is it? Yeah, it's
3: not, but it sure is fun. It keeps your, It's like a sword. It keeps you sharp.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, one quick note, I think Golden used to be the capital of Colorado for a little while.
3: Oh, well, yeah, Actual. I don't know my history very well.
2: <laughs> hey,
1: um,
2: you know, my question pertains around the belief of the resurrection. The Bible tells us that if you believe in the one God sent, um, and that he was resurrected, that you will be saved. He died for our sins when you, and was resurrected, you will be saved. Um, what about Christians and non-Christians alike who have put their faith in Christ, but yet just are not on board with the resurrection? And I know, um, you know, it can be controversial, but, and it's probably one of the harder things, I think, for Christians to wrap their minds around Is death coming back to life and um, I don't know can you be saved and not believe in the resurrection
3: no you cannot be saved and believe in the resurrection Uh, and not and not believe in the resurrection and I'll tell you why first of all that the essence of faith is not in an event but it's faith in a person and and, and we, we get that in the s- most simplest form in Jesus' answer to Nicodemus when he says in John chapter 3, verse 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the object in, of faith is not an event, but rather the object of faith is is the person of Jesus Christ. So you could say that Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a person and a relationship with a real person, Jesus Christ. And why can you not be a, why can you not be a believer if you deny the resurrection? Because if you deny the resurrection, then you're calling Jesus a liar. And you can't have a God who claims to be perfect and you declare him to be a liar, you're not really believing in him for what he said and what he did. To me, it's that are simple. Are there
2: other faiths that believe in the resurrection?
3: There, there, are, there are other Do faiths that... Do all the
2: witnesses or Mormons believe in the resurrection?
3: There, there are other faiths that are, are other beliefs in the resurrection, but they deny that Jesus is who he said he is. So you could say this. It's possible to believe in a resurrection and still be unsaved. Because you've got to, the essence is you've got to have the right Jesus. So for the Mormons, whatever types of whatever other beliefs they have, the Mormons believe that Jesus is the spirit brother of the devil. That's what they believe. Now, over the years they try to dismiss that. They try to say, oh, it's only what Joseph Smith believed and Maybe it's, you know, there's all kinds of answers to that, but the reality of their doctrine is that they have a different Jesus. And that alone dismisses, it dismisses their whole entire theological system.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: For the Jehovah Witnesses, they believe that Jesus is the, was, prior to being Jesus, the Michael the Archangel. And based on that simple false teaching, their whole theological system fails. And so the object of our faith is not so much in an action, but in a person. And when you believe in a person, you believe what he says. And when you disagree with the person says, when you when you disagree with an essence of what the person says, then you really don't believe them.
2: Right. That's great stuff.
3: Yeah, that's a Jesus. great question. This is the answer. What, what was the answer? What was the question, can you believe, uh, can you be a Christian and not believe in the resurrection, was your question. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's it. Awesome, Pastor, thank you so much, God bless you. All right, bye,
3: ma'am. 303-690-3000 is the number. We'll go on to Joanne, she has something to share from Centennial with Stephen.
1: Yes, Uh, I just had a comment on the gentleman that uh, was on before this that was saying that he had so many issues going on, and he found that he was falling into the same situation over and again, and uh, what have you, and I just wanted to share a a similar experience in my life uh, that involved a court case, uh, a custody of a grandchild, and I was so focused on holding on and trying to control this situation that I discovered that... When I finally would let go and say, oh, God, I cannot do this alone, then I got help. And sometimes it's like God is in warehouse while you're stacking boxes, and you're saying, oh, I got it, I'll do it, where he's offering to help. And until we ask and let go, then he doesn't step in. And insight. I can understand his a personality wanting to control all of his situation and make sure it's done the right way. But perhaps he needs to learn that God is letting all these things stack up against him until he learns to let go and invite God into to help him.
3: I think that's great insight, Joanne. Thank you so much for sharing it.
1: I hope it helps him.
3: Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Before we go to break, let me grab a quick text question here, because uh, it's easier to answer. Hey, Pastor, my name is Omar. I'm wondering if it's correct for a pastor, actually a presbyter, to post comments classifying women as hideous and lying hyenas in reference to today's political turmoil. Uh, while he may have, uh, you know, I, I understand freedom of speech, but um, is what you said, an entitlement to one's own opinion, but a pastor or leadership in the church shouldn't make comments. I, I don't think uh, that's appropriate for anyone to be posting, let alone pastors, um, according to you know many places in the Bible, including Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but of what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed by the day of redemption. Um, that alone. No, it's not good. It's especially not good for the pastor, the presbyter that has a higher uh, responsibility, a stricter judgment, uh, and we shouldn't be calling names. Um, you know, even when we do disagree with someone, um, there is a an adult way and a spiritually adult way to um, to handle things like that. So, no, I I would not. I don't believe it's okay to do that. 303-690-3000. My name's Ed Taylor, pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado. Taking your calls, taking your questions. We're going to take a two-minute stretch break here. We can stretch my legs a little bit, get a drink of water, and we'll be back for the second half of today's program. It's Calvary Live on Grace FM and Hope FM.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live
3: right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. Encouraged to be with you. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary. Calvary and Aurora, we have service tonight, 7 o'clock, we are going through the, the book of Second Kings together, and we are studying uh, the life of Elisha, as well as the kings in the history of Israel, and we're going to be praying together, uh, we're going to be having communion together. We're going to be worshiping in song together uh, as we are uh, heading into uh, just in a couple weeks. We're going to be able to celebrate Christmas together, uh, which is always a glorious time and and just what the Lord has in store and what He wants to accomplish in our lives. We're we're so grateful for His love and His mercy and His grace in our lives. It's just amazing. So we'll be here at seven. Doors open around six p.m. here at Calvary, and and just come together to seek his face and um, and experience true koinonia and all that the Lord has in store for us. 303 690 303 690 Got an open line. It's very rare. If you want to take it, give me a call. We're going to pick up with... Um, uh, let's see here. We're gonna pick up on line number two. Is Wogu in Aurora? Wo- welcome to the program, uh, Wogu. He wants to know who was living in Jerusalem uh, prior to it was given to um, to Israel in 1948. That would be the Jordanians. Uh, the Jerusalem uh, was um, part of. Part of these, um, the Jordanians lived there, and the and what's known as Palestinians of the day. Uh, you have <clears throat> you have uh, quite a few people that have occupied the land throughout the years, uh, because Israel, remember, was even taken captive uh, by the Babylonians and scattered by the Assyrians for a season. So, off and on, it's been given to um, different nations, but eternally promised. To the identifiable nation of Israel. 303 is the number. Uh, such a good opportunity to grow in the things of the Lord uh, and what He has in store for us. And Let's go on to line number one. We have, let's see, his name is David, calling from Littleton, Colorado. David, welcome to the program.
5: Hey, welcome. How are you tonight?
3: I'm doing great.
5: All right, awesome. Uh, I got, I'm got. i a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I just came out of the store, jumped in, I heard the last caller, and, and I know, you know, I don't know, it just always gets me... Uh, I think I heard on this radio station that 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 idea that Satan and Jesus are brothers, or possibly. You know, I, I know I never heard it at the church, or, and uh, I'm only, I've only been a member for a couple, a little over two and a half years. Yes, but uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, I I just wonder how how are I mean I understand how a lot of the Christian churches and non-Mormon churches, and we're, and we're Christian. I mean, it's a—it's all about Jesus Christ. That's what Joseph Smith said. Everything else that we do is just extra supplication in addition to. But uh, I just wonder how, I mean, how are you guys so so strong in your, I mean, I've even heard recently about Catholics, how they have it wrong in some ways. and But then I'm just wondering, how are you guys the, you know, for sure, all things, all knowledge on this thing. And, well, you know? I wouldn't
3: say that we're all knowing or all knowledgeable. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever um, present that to you or to anyone else um, as if I have every single answer to every single question or that I know everything. Um, but the teachings of the Mormon uh, group is are very are very available. I know you've only been in it for a couple of years, but um, I think that what what, what a, a dialogue like this, in order for us to have a dialogue uh, that would be meaningful, we would have to agree on what's the final authority, right? Because if you have a different final authority on what's true and right, and I have a different authority on what's true and right, then we're never going to meet in the middle, right? Because if we have a disagreement, who's going to settle it for us? Does that right. make sense?
5: Yeah, exactly. That's so, what so from I your,
3: from your stand- perspective, would the final authority be the Bible, or would it be the Bible and Joseph Smith? Which one would you pick?
5: I, well, we again, we study the Bible. That's one of the four books that we study in. Right. But yeah, Bible is, for me, the a very, uh, the, the guidestone, so to speak. I mean, that's okay. where that's where it all, yeah, originated from. So, so in
3: light of that, if Joseph Smith's taught something in, in either the Puller of Great Price or the Doctrine and Covenants, if he taught something... That contradicted the Bible. Which would you choose? Because if you hold to four different authorities, because you do, you 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 hold to the Bible, uh, you hold to the Book of Mormon as translated by uh, Joseph Smith, you hold to the doctrines and covenants and the Pearl of Great Price. Did I get those right?
5: Right, you got them.
3: And and so all do in your mind, do all four of them have the same equal authority, or does the Bible trump them all?
5: I think it's a, maybe it's a little different than that. Like one, sir, each book serves its own purpose. Like the Bible serves its purpose. The Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ. Uh, the doctrines of covenants is is a proof of that. Our leaders receive receive revelation, and that's how we're protected and guided. The Lord wants us to know what's happening, and then say the Pearl of Great Price is more explanation of say the creation or things like that. So. I, I mean, I don't. So, you know, so I, in
3: your mind, because I think I, I, think we're, I think we're going down the path together, and I think it's good. So, each book serves its purpose. What's the purpose of the Bible?
5: I think the purpose of the Bible is to show, to bring forth uh, the gospel, to show the that, to show the Lord's, say the Lord's power and strength and the salvation that Jesus Christ brings us. You, none can come to the Father through his Son.
3: So the definition of God, as revealed in the Bible, is the definition we should hold to? Sure. So when Joseph Smith teaches in, let's say, the Doctrine and Covenant, that God the Father had a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's on page on 130, uh, I don't know how you refer to them, but 130-22. Okay. Does that does that is that consistent with what the scriptures teach with what the Bible teaches or does it contradict what the Bible teaches
2: uh,
5: I don't know really the context and maybe he was well, could he possibly have been talking about Jesus Christ it, it, so- it absolutely
3: contradicts God the Father no God the father the context is clear you can look it up and in, in commenting on this you know whether whatever weight that they've taught you so far because doctrine, you know, the way that things have been taught have been changed over the years. But when Brigham Young comments on this, he taught that Adam actually was God and the father of Jesus Christ, even though, even though now they've changed. Doctrine has changed. You know, they, you know you, the, Mormon, uh, the, the Mormon teaching doesn't believe that anymore, but the, the reality, you know, the, the Bible couldn't be more clearer. There's only one true God. He's always existed, eternal. He wasn't created but the Creator, He's perfect. No one is equal to him. God the Father is not a man, nor was He ever a man. He is spirit, and he's, and spirit is not made of flesh and bone. And so, so in in light of in light of what you have been taught so far in your in your studies through Mormonism, as a probably it sounds like you were a later convert, um, you, yeah. you know. I'm, 52, when,
5: where I'm 55 now and I'm 52 then.
3: Wow. So, when there are contradictions between two sources, one source has to trump the other. So, when you have contradictions between four sources, one source has to trump the other. And if, you know, I know now it's not strongly encouraged, uh, I know it's not, um, it's actually forbidden, but uh, if you allow me, I'll send you a gift. Uh, that you sound like you want to learn, and you sound like you're open to learn. Uh, you don't like again. You don't have to agree with it, although your eternal soul depends upon it. Um, that you would measure. I have a. I have a very good resource that if we don't have it, I'll actually order it for you. Uh, that that you can go through, and and then call me back when you're done reading it.
5: Okay. <laughs> would you be open to that? I just was sure, but I was wondering. I, something came into my mind while you were speaking that. Well, doesn't it say that that man was made in the image of God? And now if there was an image of God, there's a chance there could be a personage or... Well, do you have children? Huh?
3: Do you have children?
5: Sure.
3: Were they made in your image or in the image of a dog?
5: Mm, They were made in my image. That's right.
3: They were made in your image, but they're not you. They're not exact replicas of you. They're very different than you, but they're in your image.
5: If God has a human image and we resemble him...
3: Well, that, that would be, that, that would be a, a logical conclusion, because even our, even our illustrations kind of are limited in the human realm, but when the Bible specifically says in John chapter 4, verse 24, that God is spirit, there can't be any equivocation on that. So whatever illustration we come up with in our mind to try to justify a teaching that doesn't comport with the Scriptures... The Bible couldn't be clearer. In Luke chapter 24, verse 39, the 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 reality that spirit is not made of flesh and bone is very clear. So I'm glad that these things are coming up in your mind because every time something comes up, we have to we have to lay it before the Scriptures. Now, I have to say that the the Roman Catholic Church uh, believes in the real Jesus. Um, they define the real Jesus as the scriptures declare, uh, and they worship the real Jesus. The problem that we find within Roman Catholicism is that, they, that many, not all, there are true believers within Roman Catholicism, but the theological system that, that emanates from Rome uh, says that, that church tradition can trump the Bible. And, and that's simply, again, it's the same discussion you and I are having. Uh, we have to submit to the one authority, and the one authority is not church tradition. It's not what Ed Taylor says. It's not uh, what Joseph Smith says. You and I, we have to yield ourselves. So if you and I disagree, we have to let the Bible solve that disagreement. Not, yeah, but I know that my, that Pastor so-and-so said this, and this is what I learned. No, what does the Bible say? And, and, and allow the Bible to speak on the very important essential doctrines of what it means to be saved and born again.
5: Interesting. I just, I have, I don't know, It was everything was so awesome, and still is in the Church, and I feel the Lord, and so I, it bothers me that people call it a cult, or that this might, I don't but, no one wants to be led. No, I, I get, I get, I get the feelings you're having. I, I
3: totally understand it. I mean, but this is a good dialogue. It prompted you to talk, and it it prompted you to discuss, and, and it's a good thing that, that we have this discussion, and and it's a good thing that, that you're feeling what, what you're feeling because there, you you are you are completely dedicated to this, what what many call a cult. You are completely dedicated. It doesn't feel like a cult. It doesn't look like a cult. Very friendly and very nice. But we def- we define cult by what the theology is. What does a group believe about God? And who well, then, are you really following? And so for you exactly. to examine that... Let you,
5: so let me ask you, What What am I? What the, this sensation that I feel is the Holy Spirit and, and the neat things that He's done in my life, and let me tell you, there, there are some crazy things that have happened over the past two and a half years. And I, so I swear to the Lord, I, I can't. What if? I mean, what? What if you're wrong? What if? I mean, and in our church, we teach that we things won't all won't be revealed until we all get to heaven. Because we're look at it this way: if you knew exactly what was waiting for you, you wouldn't pursue the Lord. You would, you would know exactly what's waiting for you and what's coming, and you would act accordingly. That's how humans are. But because. God has made things a mystery, like Jesus spoke in parables. He would teach in parables so it would cause you to think. Maybe, maybe some of this confusion. And I mean, I I, I know some of this confusion and things are. It's there for a reason. Yeah, so
3: we... Yes, it's not. It's not confusion. It's the Bible calls it mystery, where all things haven't been. We see in a mirror dimly. The Bible says, but then face to face. So let's be careful because. You're going to find that many of the things that you say we're going to agree on, um, and there are things I wouldn't call it confusion though I would because God's not the author of confusion. That's what the Bible says.
5: There were so things that I heard in the Mormon Church like being set apart and callings. Well, well, and well, I, but before, before we go on to the next just, thing, Mormon, let's just make sure that I can listen to this radio station, it's not, And I started saying, "Hey, Christians have callings. Christians have yeah, you know? because so there's the, going to be some yeah, overlapping. It's not so like
3: much, just because something's yeah. false." doesn't mean everything that they ever say is false. I mean that's what that's the essence of false teaching. Um, well, it's, it's a twisting think, of the truth. truth you have a you have a portion of the truth but let's go back to your statement because we, that if your church is teaching you that there's confusion that God has nope. left a little bit of confusion so that we'll continue to wait for him, that's not true that that can't that's possibly good. be true because God doesn't author confusion.
5: I think that's just me. I've always been a ponderer. I, that's another word I've learned since being in here. And Yes. And I know, I mean, I know, I don't know, I just feel bad. I, I feel bad that I think it's mostly, I know it's mostly about Jesus Christ. It is. It, it's well, all you can't, mostly
3: Jesus. is not enough. <laughs> like, like, for example, let, let me, let me what, you, what you view about Mormonism, I, I'm going to suggest to you, you don't view other parts of your life the same way. OK, so let me let me illustrate it to you uh, and the way you're talking about your religious uh, beliefs and what you're trusting in for eternity. You don't believe other ways in life. For example, you have um, I'm, and I don't want to speak for you, but because you have children, do you have a wife?
5: No, I'm, I'm divorced and the kids are all grown. OK, so
3: <laughs> let's let's say um, let's say that you were still married to a person named Mary. And you went through a ceremony with Mary. Uh, You lived together with Mary. You had children with Mary. And I came along to you and I said, you know, I don't think marriage is what you think it is. I think marriage is you can be married to Mary and Joanne at the same time. (laughs) And to you, you would say, I don't believe in that definition. I think marriage is this. And I'm not moving on it because that's my wife and I don't, I don't want another wife. And then if we were to share that definition with Mary, she would say, are you kidding me? My husband can't have two wives. He can't have three wives. Where did that come from? And you are at a crossroads to either believe the true Jeff definition or another definition that's been postulated to you that makes you feel good. And right now you have chosen a system of belief that you're holding on to because it makes you feel good. And I've suggested to you, and I've given you at least one thing to look up in your own book. I gave you the reference as well to say that the teachings in one of the four books contradict the main book, the Bible. And what are you going to do with that contradiction? So far, what you've tried to do with that contradiction is say, well, I just had this feeling that does isn't there a place where the Bible says that, God created man in his own image. So if that's the case, then God must be flesh and blood because he created man in his own image. And yet, ontologically, man is very different than God. We don't share the same nature as God. We are his created beings. We are, he is the uncreated God and has defined himself as a spirit. So it puts you in a very difficult place of how do you resolve that conflict? How do you resolve that contradiction? you're going to have to choose one or the other. And if you, if you choose not to adhere to the sound, simple biblical teachings, then I wonder how, much, how many other things you've believed in the last two years of this instruction that contradict the Bible. And I suggest to you, um, not having been through the studies with you, but having studied Mormonism, there's a lot of other things you believe that contradict the Bible, the most important of which the nature of Jesus Christ so would hmm. you like me to send you that gift or what would you like to do
5: that sounds good
3: ok I'm going to put you on hold and I okay. really appreciate the conversation and I'm totally open to these types of conversations and I appreciate them so Frank's going to get your information and I look forward to uh, having a follow up conversation with you my friend
5: alright thank you All right, great, great station and great show Thanks thank a lot. you
3: Alrighty. 303-690-3000 great great call Be in prayer, guys, for David in Littleton. Just look forward. What a great discussion we had. Uh, Those discussions don't always go very well, so we're just so great great that we were able to listen to one another and, and talk to one another. Line two is Wani from Byers, Colorado. Wani, welcome to the program.
6: Thank you, Pastor Ed, and thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. And I just really appreciate the gentleness in which you answer questions you know, several times I've listened where people can get hostile, and you are just so gentle and patient. And I appreciate that.
3: Well, thank you, and thank you for praying because I'm—I—I I, those are hard calls, and um, well, and I thank God for His gentleness. It's a fruit of the Spirit.
6: Um, I don't know if your person that took my call explained the situation. There seems to be a movement among Christians called the Way, and. Pastors of different denominations said that they had, like, a dream or a visitation, and Jesus said, why don't you call me my name? My name is Yeshua. They renounce um, Christmas and Easter and insist on, you know, resting on the Sabbath, and I I was invited to this group because they also, you know... um, Observe the holy days in the Jewish tradition, and so I was just wondering what you've heard about them. To me, it seemed very um, Pharisaical. Um, you know, I mean, and the the presentation was this film, and they had a map, a world map, and show how many people have gone to the way, and and the women I noticed were dressed very conservatively trying to get their hair longer, and the men all had beards or tried to have a beard.
3: The way that you describe the group is a group I'd stay away from. sounds very legalistic. Uh, Yeah. sounds very, um, you know, super spiritual and and controlling, and just stay away from
6: them. Have you heard anything about this movement?
3: I have, but not centralized under the group The Way. I mean, there was a cult for many years, The Way, Mm-hmm. Um, but not, um, the, I, I've heard all of these various teachings that you just described. Uh, we have people coming into the church from time to time, trying to uh, take away and rip off people from a, um, a Bible-believing church with these kind of uh, with these yeah. teachings. You know, it's the whole reason why Galatians and Hebrews were written in the first place um, to encourage believers, especially with a, a Jewish background and a Judaistic background, to walk in freedom. Um, and not to go back to the, to the shadows um, that were prior to the coming of Messiah. Um, the idea of calling my name, we've went through this before, uh, in, in terms of whatever language you're speaking, uh, I, I believe God makes accommodations for us in whatever language we're speaking to address him by his name. Uh, and as we might say Jesus in the English, um, uh, someone in Spanish would call him Jesus, Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, someone um, from that speaks Hebrew would say Yeshua, mm-hmm. uh, and and even you can say Yeshua in, in English. It's fine. Um, I don't think um, that that we're going to be judged by the name that we choose to call God as much as we will by the faith that we have in the finished work on the cross. Um, and so, I would just I mean, I could go through each one of them. You know, why we don't celebrate Christmas. It's okay if people choose not to celebrate Christmas. Uh, we know that Jesus was born, uh, and and it was a it's a perfectly wonderful thing to celebrate, and it's a perfectly wonderful thing to acknowledge. Um, but if someone says, you know, I just don't want to celebrate that. Well, the Bible says in Colossians, or maybe even Romans, um, that one person esteems one day above another, and another esteems another day uh, above another. Let each one uh, esteem that day unto the Lord. And mm-hmm. And so to make you know, it a, I an issue of theology and fellowship. I'm
6: just, you know, these are acquaintances of mine, and yes. it's up and down the quarter that, you know, you will get an email. If you've ever, you know, gone to a class about Hebrew roots, then, you know, you're invited. And then I, so I did go to one, and I'm sitting there thinking, this doesn't seem very biblical. <laughs> So thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it.
3: Oh, you're welcome. And and you know, it's 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 a common thing. It it happens, you know, there's new new theologies that catch, catch that take wind, that, that catch on like wildfire and, and 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 they're 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 taking you away as I think that the, the one thing let me just look this up here. Um, you know, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said this in second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three. He said but I fear lest how somehow the serpent is deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ.
6: So it's Second Corinthians, I just found it.
3: Chapter 11, verse 11,
6: three. Verse three.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank
6: That's you what it so sounds much. like to me. And you have a blessed, um, merry, merry Christmas. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
3: Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Okay, we're gonna. We have one minute left. I'm going to try to take your call, but we have one minute. We got, oh, this is good. Good news from New Jersey. Carlos is calling. He had a CT scan. We got one minute, Carlos. Give us the good news, buddy.
4: Oh, thank you for taking my call. I know we only got one minute, so I'm going to make it short. Do it. Please he, he, pray for me. I'm going to have a CT scan of the head. I want everything to go all the way. I'm all oh, okay. I want everything to go okay. But first of all, you know, first the will of the Lord. I hope everything gets done exactly
3: how He wants it to be done. Well, amen. You're kind of breaking up. I had to turn my mic up, but I bet you the people on the radio can't hear you very well. Um, try it one more time. Oh, yes. Can you there hear it is. Now? Oh, that's perfect. Try it again. We're going to give you 30 seconds. Oh. Go
4: for it. Oh, thank you. I would just like a prayer request, so you can, so you can, if you can, please pray for me, because I'm about to have a CT scan of the head, of the brain, and I want everything to go fine according to the Lord's will.
3: Father, we lift up our brother Carlos as he is going into this CT scan, and and as his prayer request is, we pray that as the doctors look at the technology and he goes through the scan, that the um, that the, the the results would be of what's going on in his body, they would be positive. And we want your will, God, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so be with my brother, Lord, as he enters into this um, this test. Strengthen him, and we look forward to hearing about the results uh, as as he gets them from the doctor, Lord. Let May you be to him as you are, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. May the Lord bless you. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. All right, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the program today. Uh, I know that we got to all the calls. We didn't get to all the texting, but that's the way it goes sometimes. So, thank you guys for listening in and just knowing that the, the Holy Spirit is ministering among us and, and we're growing in His grace and in His knowledge, just allowing the, uh, the, the ministry of His Holy Spirit to, to minister, you know, just to, to speak to us to encourage us, and, and to grow. Uh, and, you know, if um, there's a person disappointed uh, um, on the Messianic Jewish movement, um, and call back tomorrow. We can talk about it because what this sister was describing was not uh, the Messianic Jewish movement. So please call in. We, you, you'll have a chance to call tomorrow. Uh, and I'll text you back that you can't call tomorrow. So, Uh, We definitely don't want to demonize anything that's Jewish because it's Jewish. So call back. It'll be a good discussion. God bless you guys. The end of Calvary Live. We will see you. We will see you at church tonight, 7 o'clock here at Calvary Aurora, Hampton and Tower, or go to calvaryaurora.org. You've
2: been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.